0: Remnants seek a child. A bounty hunter turns over a new leaf. The underbelly of the galaxy is explored and more
1: as the Sky Guys are back to review Season 1 of The Mandalorian. All right, we are back here on the Sky Guys podcast. Mando Mondays, covering Season 1 of The Mandalorian. We're going to be coming to you every Monday here for the next couple of weeks to get you caught up on some stuff in The Mandalorian universe. And before we do our Season 3 preview podcast, Morning, here's Mike Phillips. The voice, guy who's voicing you at the top of the podcast, Pete Considori. Unfortunately, he got frozen carbonite by Mando this week. He could not appear for this podcast. But with us here, the magistrate of the podcast, Nick Fred, is here. Nick, how are you?
0: Doing well. I'm um, very excited to talk about this great season that I uh, really slept on for a number of years. Because I never thought it was bad, but... I always thought it was a little boring and not much went on, but I got to tell you this show, and I'm sure you agree. I know you agree. You talked about it off the air. This was a lot better on a rewatch.
1: It was a lot better on a rewatch and I have spoken. Yep. <laughs> all right. So since Pete's not here, we're going to mention here that if you like what we're doing here on the Sky Guys podcast, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for the Sky Guys your favorite podcast platforms. And this is the Mando Mondays. We're still covering the Bad Batch, Nick. So, Anybody who wants those podcasts, gotta subscribe.
0: That's right. Uh hit this hit the button and you can you can hear us on multiple platforms. And uh you can also follow the Instagram at Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. And
1: I'm not mistaken, Mike. Twitter's the same? Twitter's the same handle at Sky Guys Podcast same on handle. All right, So that's all going on. You can follow the YouTube channel as well, Mike Phillips on YouTube, the video version here. We have our graphics and props. And today we're going to showcase here. Our pal Mando, who is obviously the star of this show. Yes, he is. All right, here. as we talk, Or, he, or this, is he? Well, he's the intended star. The, the, the title character. The, the title character. The first episode is titled after him as well here. So we are trying to keep the Mandalorian news separate from the Star Wars news and these bad guys podcasts here. So, Nick, I believe we have a little bit of Mando news we can cover from what we talked since the last talk of the trailer.
0: Yes, we do. Um... I can tell you who the directors are for some of the episodes. Uh, Carl Weathers. I don't know if he's ever directed one.
1: Has he? He did. He directed the season two episode four, the one where they were on Navarro the and they were like invading the Imperial base. In season two. Yes, yeah, season two, episode four. Oh,
0: that one. Okay, all right. So he's not new. There's a Peter. you'd
1: Let me know if anyone if anyone has done them before. Just say yes. If they haven't, just say no. Okay. Uh, we have Peter Ramsey. Uh no, but he has done. He is one of the guys behind uh, Spider Verse, so he's it's fun to have him. Okay, Rachel Morrison. Uh, she has not done one.
0: Okay, Bryce Dallas Howard, I know, has done a few.
1: She's done like every season of of live action, like Mandoverse, yeah, clean Boba Fett.
0: Uh, Rick Famu.
1: Fem- 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 go ahead. Rick Famu He was. He's been on the show since season one. I remember season one today. though know, he did the prison episode, prison break episode. All right, and we have Lee Isaac Chung. Yeah, he is not one, well, but he's the guy behind the film Menari. He was nominated for the Academy Award a few years ago.
0: So those are your directors. Is that is that all the directors you think? Or you that, think that That's that's all
1: it, that's all six. From what I've read, Favreau wrote every single episode for season three. Filoni co wrote episode four and episode seven. Okay,
0: so it's Filoni and, and or Favreau are not directing any of these episodes.
1: They are not. So so, all right. so a couple people in there are doing did multiples.
0: Well there there you have it.
1: I assume Fama Yugo did in multiples because he got promoted to exec, executive producer for season three.
0: And it seems like Bryce Dallas Howard has... uh,
1: She gets good episodes in these shows. She
0: always has at least like
1: three episodes, I feel
0: like, in every show. So.
1: Yeah, I'll also... also She did
0: did episode four in season one. Sanctuary, which was great. Which was a great episode. And in season two, she did episode three,
1: which was, I believe, the Bo-Katan episode. That is also correct. And those are the only two she's done. And she did the Mandalorian episode, of Book of Boa Fett, season episode five.
0: What a weird! I'm just looking at the directors here. Robert Rodriguez did the tragedy, which I honestly think is the best episode of the show. And yeah. he he does it, and it was so good, and everyone was going crazy, and they're like, "You gotta get this guy his own show." And then look what happened. That's why he got Boa Fett. <laughs> yeah, he did a great he did a great job earning that. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but I'll also mention here that the trailer also had like in the first week aired, received eighty three million views of season three trailer. So people were hyped for this. This is the trailer that came out there in that Cowboys game. Yep.
0: And now that is considered about the second trailer or our first full trailer. I the think for the teaser. I think the I think the first the first full trailer. I think the first one was a teaser. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. I think everyone's pumped and. And I think a big problem that we expected, but I really haven't seen it, we, we thought, well, a lot of the people who didn't want Boba Fett, they're going to be saying, oh, how did Grogu get involved again? Oh, no, what hat? Like, we, we, the last episode he went with Luke, like, what's going on? I, didn't, I haven't seen that at all on the internet. I think everyone's understanding on what's going on. I see maybe one comment on each Instagram post that's like, wait, what? And then... He's berated in the comments, that person. Watch Book of Web, Book of Web they go, oh, I didn't watch it. They go, okay, I'll watch it. But I don't think it's a big deal like we thought it was going to be.
1: No, it certainly isn't here. And let's get back to season one Here's what we're here to talk about here. And I got to say, like, I was excited for this on the rewatch. I have not watched it since it came out in 2019. And, like, it holds up extremely well. And I feel like it's knowing where the picture is going, you can see they're setting things up throughout the season at payoff. It's just really cool. Holding up. It's better. Yeah. It's better on the rewatch. Yeah. Because I think it does, this is a show where you know where the puzzle pieces are going. You can see them setting up certain things that come back later on and pay off. Like, that's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. a lot of, Introduced to a lot of great characters. I really think there's all great
1: characters. I mean, uh, we're doing LVPs here, right? Yeah, for season one, just generally. Uh, how many? LV. Just one? You can say one. If you have more than one, you can go for it.
0: All right, yeah, because I... I... I am. I'm gonna have a hard time finding one. It was a great season. A lot of great characters. I mean, there's one character that I despise. Who, if you watch or listen rather to the Sky Guys from the Boba Fett days, you know who it is. I despise this character. And oh yeah, our I know exactly. Who it is in season one, so that person will probably get the nod there. But um, other than that, I love all the characters.
1: Yeah, I do love all these characters here, and I do think this show does an incredible job, sort of like dropping you in because my recommendation you guys if you don't have time to the full rewatch first of all like i highly suggest you do it it's it's only eight episodes and you have a month and a half to, to get caught up here i think you should like watch the pilot again like watch like we talk about like how like oh like this is a new character never heard of here the way he gets introduced Mando mando to our lives is, is incredible
0: yep it's it, like um you know how they usually give you that Opening scene in a horror movie or even an action movie where the villain's just a badass. Yep, they did the same here. Except this is not a villain. This is our main character.
1: Yeah, we see him. He shows up looking for a bounty because he's this Mythal on this ice planet where he's hanging. He's hanging out and like being hung up, hit up here. Then Mando shows up. Basically goes to town and all these guys. He cuts a guy in half with by closing a door, which is incredible. And then the throws over there, like, oh, thanks. Like, take my credits, you can save me. And then Mando gives us the iconic line. He's like, he shows him the bounty puck, he says, I can bring you in warm, I can bring you in cold. And that's awesome. That's that's
0: just that's, that's an awesome line. Yeah. It's an awesome intro. Like Mike
1: said, if you have time, you don't have time rather to watch the full season, watch that at least. Yeah, why was that first episode? Because that does bring back great memories here. And Nick, I've completely forgotten that, that Queel was in the first episode. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's another great character too. A a character that I I think of, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I don't remember him that much because I watched the season, you know, how long ago it was. It was three and a half years ago at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was the beginning of Disney Plus, like before the Sky Guys. So I was not analyzing every episode and rewatching and watching all these things to understand every single second of it and like watching recap videos and reading on Reddit and Twitter and stuff. So. Just, I watched it. It went away. I never thought about it again. Now I feel like it's it's going back and rewatching it. It really giving me a different perspective.
1: Yeah, it is, and I feel like I get great appreciation for a great appreciation for Quill on the rewatch because obviously Mando gets his mission from the uh, grief cargo, goes to the client, and says, "Hey, I have a bounty. Go pick it up." A lie. This is much a This is much dead, and you're just working with Quill here, and Quill teaches Mando a lot of lessons that are having an impact on him.
0: He does. Yeah. He, he and uh, he also is just like a. Maybe I missed it. It's in the first episode. How do they stumble upon one another? Do they literally
1: stumble upon one another? I think what happens is Mando lands on the planet, and, like, he's being attacked by one of the uh, Blorex guys, and uh, Quill saves him.
0: So he's just a general, just a nice person. He, yeah. He's not, like, obligated to help him in any way. He's choosing to.
1: Yeah, he's great. He's, he is choosing to, and I do like the fact that, like, he says, he gives him, like, the guidance, like, okay, go here. It's like, I want you to help out because, like, I'm. I just. I used to back story on quills obviously like he was a slave from the Empire. He ends up buying his own freedom, and then like he's trying to retire on this planet, and like all these mercenaries been showing up there because grog Spoiler alert: Grogu is there, and they're trying to all get after him. He says, "You know, what, just go get this kid and like go get this package and get it out of here, so I can live peacefully." They like noble purpose here for Quill.
0: Yeah, he's a noble, he's a he's a noble man. He's a yeah. good character. And he rubs off on Mando because I think when we first meet Mando, we know nothing about Mando when we first meet him. He's under a mask. He's We don't know his past yet, but he just seems like a cold, self, I don't want to say selfless, selfish almost. Self-interested. I guess not selfish. Just self-interested. Self-interested, secluded to himself, not going to help anyone, not because he's selfish. He's just not going to help anyone because it's not who he is. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And, 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 yeah, and you get a lot of that influence onto him to being a good person and being a noble person
1: yeah before we get to, deeper into the quill thing i do want to point out also like go back again to the moment where like mando gets to the village where like the uh pirates are holding up on are holding out grogu and like he teams up the ig droids to like go after him, and then that shot like that following we see it's baby with baby yoda and there's something that had not been revealed in the trailer here like seeing that again was cool and getting that moment where like the I.G. is trying to kill it, and then Mando kills the droid and, and ends up saving the kid. That was a lot of fun to go back to.
0: It was, and think about how you, you what a great job this was, because this entire show, pretty much, it pretty much, if this show fails, Disney Plus doesn't exist. Yeah. This was your first show. This came out the day Disney Plus came out. This was the first thing. This is the first Star Wars show ever, besides like, Clone you know, Wars. Well, the first. I'm sorry, the first live action show of Star Wars ever. The first thing that wasn't a movie that's live action since the holiday special, right? It wasn't a. It wasn't a movie. Yeah, that's true. This is the first live action thing that wasn't a movie since the holiday special. You can't mess this up. And the fact that they went such a risky route. Because you clearly have this amazing asset, this character that some people call him Grogu, some call him Baby Yoda, whatever you want to call him. At that point, it was Baby Yoda. We didn't know he was Grogu till Season 2 Yep. Um, with Ahsoka. That's right. But you have this asset that's so clearly going to be universally loved. Is there anyone who doesn't like Grogu? You have people who don't like Star Wars who love Grogu. You have people who... Who loves, who loves Star Wars, who loves Grogu. Everyone loves Grogu. He's a meme. He's the king of memes. He's a meme. And they literally didn't show him in the trailers. yeah you know how risky that was? like Because it's clear, if they showed him in the trailer, everyone's watching the show right away. There's no debate. The fact that you didn't put him in is like, oh, man, if this doesn't hit and people don't find out about this character, uh, this might be a big deal. When he was, uh, the internet blew up that day or that week, whatever it was. Yeah, it went viral. If I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken, it was November 19th. It November 12th. Pretty close. was pretty close. I, season two was, I guess, episode two was the nineteenth. But yeah. November twelfth, the internet went crazy for Grogu, and rightfully so. And the show was saved. Not, not that it was ever in danger, but the show was saved and became a legit thing because of that. And it's, I just find, I just find the risk taking so ambitious and so cool that like they were able to leave that out. That is, the show is literally, yeah, it's Mando show, but it's about Grogu, right? Yeah. By getting him to safety, like, he's the asset. He's the prize. He is the the reason the show exists. And they were able to hide
1: that from us for so long. Not only that, it's a big thing that they sacrificed a lot of, like, holiday merchandise. You think about this, because, like, because they couldn't release the, ske- the, the plans in advance of this character, like, you missed out on the holiday season having all the Grogu toys, the plushes, like, the action figures, like, all that stuff they passed on for the integrity of the story. I thought that was a great choice, and it paid out very well for them. Yes, I completely agree. And I did look up the release schedule. Of this one apparently it was November twelfth was this first episode. It was apparently it was a Tuesday because they were usually on Fridays. And then chapter two came three days later, so you had three whole days of the internet going, "What is this? What's going on here?" And then you get another episode.
0: uh okay. So they went from a Tuesday because that's when the the service was released. Yeah, the Friday episodes, and then they had that one random one that was like two days early. Two days early because they wanted you to watch it. So you, then you can see the rise. Yeah, you know, we, we know we, we all, we all, we caught on. Everyone knows what, I, what they did.
1: Yeah. We'll get to that when we get to the finale, why that episode came out two days early, but we'll get, yeah. we'll go back to Quill. I did think like the Queel Mando connection, I thought was also a lot of fun when we had the jet, when the Jawas of our Vala seven basically strip his ship for parts and Mando has no patience for it. And Queel ends up being a key asset to help him solve the problem of getting back his stuff without giving up anything important.
0: Yeah, another great job by Quilla. Um Really, I, I think this whole season was about, you know, Mando's got this kid now. He doesn't know it yet, but he's really the father to this child. Right? He doesn't know it yet, though. And, I mean, not biologically speaking, but he doesn't know it yet, but he is going to be this, this child's guardian. And he meets people along the way who have different influences on him. And when you combine all those influences
1: together, it shapes Mando into the man he is by the end of the season. It's so funny, it's exactly what you're talking about what happened, what's happened with Xandor in, in uh, the show. So, like, this is... Like, it's
0: pretty, I mean, let's get real, though, and, like, this is pretty much television now. Like, even The Last of Us. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yep. It is the same. He, he's, he's, he has to watch over the girl. Yeah. It's, it's a guy, too. <laughs> I mean, it's Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah, I mean, Bad Batch, same thing. I gotta watch over the girl. Like, everything's the same now. It, it is. That's just how it is. That That's a good show. When you have someone who's in who is forced into a situation they don't want to be in and then learn to make the most of that situation. That's a good story. It is.
1: Yeah, did you did you like our interaction with the empire here also We see him come back here and he ends up delivering the uh delivering grogu to the client who great Werner, great actor Werner Herzog is playing him. Like the accent he delivers, he you with know, some of these wineries is also very good.
0: So um yeah, uh, so I did like it, but I knew right away pretty much now um, not initial watch, but I realized after like a month later, if you get what I'm, if you see what I'm getting at, yeah. what they were trying to do with Grogu, and I was like, oh, that kind of ruins it for me. Yeah. And I think you know what I'm referring to. I guess I can, I guess I can say it because yeah. is all years old. I I figured out after seeing The Rise of Skywalker that they were using Grogu because they wanted to clone him for Palpatine, which is what they did in The Rise of Skywalker. Which to me is just like, oh, you're kind of trying to make the movie make sense now. That kind of sucks. Yeah. It does. But. They didn't get Grogu, so yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, we see it drops off. and Then we see we have this moment here where like he has a has this moment of guilt. He has a going back to his guild with like the reward was a bunch of Beskar, the Empire had stolen, and then he brings it in and then gets all this new armor. And I love the part where we get to learn about this Mandalorian culture, of all the Mandalorians who are with him. We basically found out they're in a covert. They have to, they're all in hiding because of the purge and that like they are you know like can only go out one at a time to maintain their secrecy and. I did like the fight he has at Pads Vizsla about like your work with the Empire and then the great speech that the armorer gives about like, you know, like at least he did the right thing. He brought the arm. He brought the best guard back to us. He's going to do the noble thing. This is the way. And then this is the way it comes the big phrase of the show.
0: Yes, definitely. I, I'm really interested in both of those characters and, and, you know, moving forward into season three, I think we're going to see a lot with them. And I'm really interested in who they are and, and what, what's going to happen with them. That being the armor and Pre Vizsla, so I'm excited to see that, and uh, we'll see in a matter of weeks here.
1: Yeah, it's Paz Vizsla, not Pre, because Pre's died in the Clone Wars.
0: Pre Vizsla is John Favreau.
1: Yeah, it's now and John Favreau's playing Paz Vizsla, who's Pre's son apparently, or grandson. Well, who knows? Oh, is it his son? I think it has to be like it's. It's either his son or his grand. I think it has to be his son. All right. Because look, I'll look. I'll look it up. Yeah, you look it up here, and then we do see like, that Mando is clearly having second thoughts about his decision to, you know, turn Grogu over the Empire. He goes to, to uh, Greed Cargo, who's played by Carl Weathers, and he's like, hey, you know what they're going to do with this kid? And he's like, I don't ask. It's against the code. It's the, it's the Bounty Hunters Guild. And Mando decides, like, they had this. I thought they did a great job visually because, like, they set up in the second episode that, like, Grogu was playing with the ball on the ship. And then Mando goes back and he touches it, then that's the thing that sort of triggers him. and like, okay, I got to go back and save the kids. So I thought that was a fun, this moment when he turns and goes back and just storms the base and kills all the stormtroopers and gets Grogu back.
0: That was a great episode. Uh, you know, uh, there's a few episodes that I have at double digits.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, that's, that's yeah. saying something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a few, few tens.
0: I have two tens. Yeah. I do.
1: Yeah. So I did like that se- sequence here. And then this does a good job because I think one of the complaints we had about, se- about this show, but I think when we talk about it, like without having lots of reasons, oh, like, you know, this show is just, you know, Mando goes somewhere, does a job and he leaves. And like this one, I think the jobs they set up here, like make sense in the story because it's all sort of threads of the main plot. It's not like he's just going off doing a random thing and then not having it tie back in.
0: Yeah, I do think that's true more often than not, but we don't realize in the time, like we watch an episode, we watch a season of a show, we go, oh, that was just a filler. But then we rewatch and then we pick up on things we did and we go, wait, that wasn't just a filler. Like, I I can't think of any examples off the top of my head with Andor. But for example, in Andor, we had a few episodes that we said we could do without. There were a few episodes that we said this was filler. We didn't need it. I bet you if we go back and we watched Andor now, in those episodes that we said were filler, we're
1: going to go, oh, wait, this wasn't really filler. This is actually something we needed. I think we're talking specifically about like the earlier arcs, like the first couple of parts of it. I think we always said we how oh, they kind of could have condensed it. I mean, we, might, we probably could not have if you look at it as a whole. Yep. Yeah, and I do think it's just fun because like the first three episodes sort of like conclusion of this whole like Mando goes to the bounty, gets Grogu, has buyer's remorse, it goes back, and gets Grogu, and then next three are sort of him you know, trying to highlight Grogu and having to make his, make his own living and get some work here. I did think it was fun that we had three job episodes and each one had a different job that was on a different part of the morality scale, whereas episode four is like he's, you know, he's out with cara Doom to defend the village. Is the I feel like, point out this one here. If you are a Clone Wars fan, this is a carbon copy of the storyline from the season two episode where Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan work with the bounty hunters to train the farmers to defend themselves against pirates.
0: Yeah, and uh, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. This episode that we're recording right now will be coming out on Monday Monday, which is January 30th. Yes. So those of you who are listening to this episode, this still applies to you. My prediction is that February first episode of The Bad Batch will be the Bad Batch version of Episode 4 of Mandalorian. That's my prediction. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I think this one was fun. Season I mean, Episode 5 is, you know, it's a bounty hunting missionary. He, he gives up the young bounty hunter to try and go capture Fennec Shand, and then that's the neutral like uh morality scale and then the bad morality scale is when he gets goes back with his old running mates and has to go stage a prison break on our new republic ship so like which of these episodes did you like the best of the uh job episodes
0: I like five the most um five was my favorite when I had watched them originally too and, but to be honest with you they're all very close I have these all at like they're all
1: within one number of each other yeah. so I liked them. I liked all of them. Obviously sick five. It's actually the one I like the least of the three. I think mostly because, uh, uh, Bobby kind is like the noise, the noise the hell out of me. Like as Toro Calican, I think that's the issue I have with that. episode. but like, I did love the prison break one for the horror elements that are in here. Especially this is where we first meet Mayfell, put by bill Burr. We have like, we have, I think Clancy Brown is the big, the big muscle guy in the group. And then, when Mando has to kill the lights and go after these guys, and you see, you know, the sequence is where like the lights are out, it's flashing red, and you see him creeping up in the shadows on Bill Burrow. like that stuff is like, I was like, this is exciting.
0: Yeah, it's a very exciting episode. I, I I think it did the least for me though in terms of uh, the storyline. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does set up a key point in season two, also a key element, of the Frog Lady episode, because the droids' remnants are a big part of that as well. Yes
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah i do think that was fun here in episode four i did feel like this was a fun like also a good character episode for mando as well where like he's tempted to you know like step aside and retire and just sort of like you know like let's leave like and character says like why don't you stay here with this kid and it's like let him live on this happy planet and then out uh, and he's mates the mates the uh, widow he's like you could see he's kind of like falling for and then like the bounty hunters show up and he says like it's not safe i have to leave but that, that was also a good character moment for mando
0: yeah, I think he was he think he was gonna leave. I think he was gonna leave Grogu there. I think he said, All right, you know what? I did my job. I he found good people, he'll be safe, I can go. I don't think he was gonna stay with the with
1: the widow there. I think Caratou want him to, but I don't think he was going to.
0: Yeah, and, and and then when you see that sniper or whatever, he's like, All right, this kid's not safe. We gotta get to hell, we're gonna get the heck out of here. Um and you know, you can see everyone was very upset when the Grogu had to leave.
1: All the little kids like fell for him. Yeah. Long, I don't know how long? How long do you think they were there? Probably, I think probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, probably, because they probably took them time but, to train the uh, army, tra- train the villagers to defend their village. Yeah, and you could see the the kind of
0: impression that Grogu leaves on people. You know, they were all very fond of him. Very upset that he had to leave, and it was for the best because now Mando has himself a mission, and that is, right, if that's not safety for the
1: kid, what is? Yeah, and I do also want to point out to people who are following the Grogu gifts. This is the one where the soup comes from.
0: That's right. Yeah,
1: because just drinking his soup. Yeah, because he and Cara Dune, are, like Mando and Cara Dune, are fighting, and then we see them stop fighting. Grogu just sitting there drinking soup, and one of the most hilarious like, cuts I've ever seen in a Star Wars thing.
0: Nope, yep. he's just drinking soup, watching them, saying, "What the hell are you guys doing?" Yeah,
1: certainly a lot of fun here. And then let's get to this finale a little bit here, because there's a lot of meat to pack on the bones here. Because obviously, like Mando's been on the run, collecting credits, you know, trying to keep the kids safe, and then. Reef Cargo calls him back and says, hey, I got a proposal for you. Say, so, like, the Empire's tightened their presence here since you pulled off your little stunt and left with the kid. And, like, you come back here. We'll use the kid as bait. Like, we kill the, kill the client, and then we can free the plan. He only has four stormtroopers here protecting him. So I did think it was an interesting idea. I did like how Mando sort of took the proposal and made his own plan for it.
0: That shows that he grew. He yeah.
1: grew over the season, and he took all his friends and put them all together, right? Yeah, he goes and picks up Cara Dewey, and He picks, and he goes to recruit Quill. And one thing I think is underrated about this show is that, like, the in-episode use of flashbacks, I think, is very good.
0: Definitely. Maybe I, that's where they got the idea from in Boba Fett.
1: Yeah, I did like the, especially at the sequence here, like, where Quill is repaired the IG droid that Mando destroyed. Apparently, in the public Co. you can claim it as your own, and then he's taught it how he it TC to, re how it to be a house droid, basically, and that sequence was fun. That was very light, a very light moment, a very heavy episode. Yes, completely agree. Yeah, we see he shows up here. He brings Quill with him. He brings uh, Cara doing with him, and he has ig ig eleven there to so keep, keep an eye on him. I did think this was a fun setup here, where we see you know they're going out. Like we set up here. This is the episode episode seven that comes out two days before Rise of Sky comes out two days early because Rise of Sky are coming out on the I think nineteenth and yeah. they, they put it out early because we had to show people force healing exists in Star Wars to explain episode 9 yep although I will point out That's to them right. they did foreshadow this in episode 2 because Grogu tries to heal man episode 2 Mano keeps showing him away oh it's not
0: like they just thought of it right before the movie you know obviously they knew what they were doing but yeah. um it is what it is when it comes to the rise of Skywalker and the trilogy as a whole but we're not talking about that stuff. We, uh we as the Sky Guys, have only done television for the most part because there hasn't been any movies since we've been around. So we don't have to worry about that stuff.
1: Yeah, what I did like also that like it did make sense that Greed carter was going to turn on Mando and sort of it's sort of screw him over. And then like I did feel good that the character had this moment of clarity when Grogu saves his life from being like poisoned to death by like those bat things that came and attacked them in, in the middle of the night, and he sort of has a change of heart. So like. I can't screw this cast the kid saved me, so we're going to come up with a new plan to protect you and the kids. So the plan to come up is basically a fake that Mando's a prisoner and that they're going to go in and, you know, trick the client and kill the client up close. So I think this was a solid plan until Moff Gideon gets involved. Yep, completely agree. I got you know, nothing to add. To- yeah. I also, I forgot this also. I forgot how great the entrance Moff Gideon makes is.
0: Absolutely. And I like what he does in the... And in the intro and the finale, when you, you have the stormtroopers talk about how he's just killing everybody, it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, like we see that he's on a hollow transition with the client, talk about like this. And then he's like, wait, you're wrong. Because they brought they basically bring a fake uh, dram in there as part of Greece's plan that it's empty and Quill G- is bringing the cr- child back to the ship. And they see that Muffin is seen through it. And then all of a sudden, he just raises this building and kills off. Uh, the client, all the stormtroopers that are in the building—that was like a badass moment. And you see all the stormtroopers forming up outside. That's like a really tense way to leave. That's uh, yeah. Badass. They thought there was only going to be four of them, right? Yeah, that was the whole thing. Like I thought there'd be four, and there's like four hundred.
0: And how many do you think there were? Four hundred, about? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that was a very interesting uh, scene. Very badass. Nice way for Mando to show that he's boss.
1: Yeah, and we get these dark troopers too. Like they that show up too. At the beginning, they're like they're the ones who really opened the fire there.
0: They're the same ones from Rogue One they look at. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah. That was that's, that's very cool to see again. And I think a few of them were in Andor, too. I think in the finale, a couple over there.
0: Yeah. And just a cool, cool scene, a cool, cool episode. And then you get like the escape going to the tunnel and all that. And you start seeing them work together a little bit, which is great. You start, you see the personalities sometimes clash,
1: but they come together and work as a team. A couple of things I want to get to also before we get to the escape here. Like, the Moff Gideon, like, speech when he showed up was also incredible. It was. It was yeah. very good. Yeah, I did think that was really fun. Like, he sets this, like he's, like, menacing, but, like, he seemed – it's, it's like, reasonable menacing, which also makes it even more terrifying. Yeah, I really think that when it comes down to it that – and you can agree, you can disagree. I think you'll agree
0: what we watched this show as a rewatch, and we loved it, right? Yep. Absolutely loved it. I think it was twice as good as the first time I watched it. Yep. Now, the reason that is, is because when I saw the first season, it was in the dark days of Star Wars. Yep, It was when I was expecting things to be bad. My love for this, the series as a whole was diminishing. And I was like, oh, Star Wars, I guess I got to watch it. And we'll see how it is. And I, Everyone went in very skeptical. We were all scared. Like, what are they going to do now? What are they going to ruin now? And then it was good. And we were all pleasantly surprised. Yep. But if we now we're going into with this attitude. In the last couple of years in Star Wars, I think if you know even the stuff that hasn't been good, has been a lot better than what we saw. Yeah, it's like, true. Like Kenobi was okay, right? Yeah, it was fine. But think about Kenobi compared to the Rise of Skywalker. It's yeah. like I know the Rise of Skywalker was before or after this show, but you see my point. Yeah, we were going. That was the type of stuff we were expecting. Rise of Skywalker stuff, and Kenobi blows Skywalker out of the water. Yeah. So we're going in with a much better attitude about Star Wars as a whole, and I think it helps the show.
1: Yeah, I did also like that we get Din Djarin's backstory in this episode as well. We get the flashback here; it explains why he's so distrustful of droids because during the uh, during the Clone Wars, a Separatist army attacked his planet and like killed a bunch of civilians, including his parents. And then he gets saved by the uh, by Death Watch. Wait, we see that they're the ones who fly in save him. That's why his group is called the Children of the Watch.
0: Yeah, and I I think the armor has something to do with that too. You notice her helmet. Yep, her helmet kind of looks like Maul. Yeah, and it, something I think something's up there.
1: You might get more on that in the future. Here, I also want to point out here. I did like that flashback. And I do like that. IG Eleven ends up. Well, first of all, R.I.P. Quill. He ends up getting killed, and then we via the two stormtroopers. And this was funny when we see we. Uh, this is a bold Taika Waititi choice. He directs the finales that the first like five minutes of the episode is literally just two stormtroopers short shooting the shit. Like just like saying, out, uh, they like, complaining about their jobs and both like aiming at target practice at a can missing horribly. Like, and then they both get killed by IG-11, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. That's uh, one of them is Jason Sudeikis.
1: Yep. And the other one's Adam Pally.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are the most people's LVPs for, you know, they punched Grogu.
1: Yeah. I mean, we got Ted Lasso in star in star Wars. We yeah, got just about everybody in Star Wars:
0: Ted Lasso and Bill Burr. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting combo. But that was funny, and they kept talking about how everyone was like dying. They're like, they were like, yeah, you just killed someone for interrupting him. Yeah,
1: I had them po- funny. I, the thing that got me was when they were—I forgot about the doing target practice. They both could not hit the can to save their lives. Just angry. Yeah, and the stereotype of the, the Stormtroopers can't shoot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun, and we also get them, as you mentioned, now we get IG-11 coming in, saving the day, and then Mando gets, like, critically wounded because he ends up using this big web gun to that they set up to try and blast them out. He ends up, get, they end up going out in the street, he gets it and bows down on the stormtroopers, and Moff Gideon blows it up, and he leaves him basically critically wounded, and he refuses to let Caridun treat him because he, has because of his creed, he can't take his helmet off of others. IG Levin comes in, saves the day, points out, hey, like, I'm not a living thing. I can treat you. So then we see Pedro Pascal's face. He treats him. Then Manu gets to live for another day. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic moment. Uh, it's a big moment. I, it was a little uh, underwhelming because
0: I, for me, at least, I don't know if others felt this way, but like, there's supposed to be this big mystery of what does he look like? What does he look like? And he takes out the thing and it was just Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something different, like yeah. like he had no mustache, or he had he was bald or something, and he's like, oh, it's just the same guy. Yeah. But, all right, it was okay. That's it, fine. Fun moment, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also forgot about the part where they go into the covert and find the armor there, and he, he sees all that the Mandalorians that he lived with, basically, all of them are dead. And the Empire came in and killed all of them after uh, Imperial Remnants after he left the planet. And then the armor is there, basically salvaging their armor. And he bas- she basically tells him the creed and says, like, you know, you're responsible for finding this kid. He finally gets the information. He says, oh, this kid's a Jedi. I have to help him find the Jedi. And that's, that's our, our mission for season two.
0: Yeah. Long story short is he thought, or I think, actually, it could be wrong. Maybe it seems like you disagree, actually. I always thought that at this point in time, he thought, I need to bring him to his kind, meaning his species. Yes. And he learns in season two that it's actually the Jedi. Yeah. He learned in season one, very late. But yeah, he is a Jedi. But I feel like what his mission right now is find the other—I don't know what they're called, Yoda species. I guess they don't have a name. I still think that's his mission right now is find the Yoda species. And then when he meets Ahsoka, it becomes oh, I got to find a Jedi.
1: No, I mean he does say like I mean she does he has a point with the uh, armor where he says I have to deliver her back to like, these space wizards who are our enemies and he's like she's like this is the way
0: I, I i i thought that meant his species because i think he's under the impression that all of his species are like that but i could be wrong
1: well it's up for interpretation but i also did enjoy the moment where like he offers to stay with her and then the five storms find her she's just sitting there and she mows them all down within like 30 seconds that was fun also oh yeah yeah i also did think it's a nice moment as well where at the end of the episode like they're riding this ferry through the lava to get out and then a bunch of stormtroopers have positioned themselves outside the barracks to get out. And then it comes down to something was foreshadowed out of here with IG11's like self-destruct sequence. You can talk about it like five times in the premiere. And the finale says, I'm gonna use it to save you. And then we see here that Mando began the show hating droids. And remember every time it stopped like no droids, pilot, don't don't want the droid chip. Give me a guy. And then Peli Motto is a thing, don't use your droids, fix it yourself. And then here with IG1 11, sacrifices, like, you can't and he's like grow attached to this droid after distrusting them all his life. Yes.
0: A thousand, thousand percent. And I, I got to mention, because you didn't, the part that I just think is so funny, I, I thought it was funny then, I think it's funny now. When you see the R2 unit, or R4 unit, whatever it is, it's just a regular one, that he comes up and he's like jacked, and he's got the big <laughs> arms and the legs. It reminds me of like a surprise boss in a video game. I, yeah. I, think, I still think that's so funny. I, I thought he'd be a bad guy, and then he ends up helping them, but...
1: I thought you were helping him oh. a little bit. I've never talked about the moment there where, like, Carl Weathers, like, t- like Reef Cargo tells, like, Rogue like, do the magic hand thing. And the kid's like, what? That is funny. He just waves. Yeah. He's like, hi. That is funny. Yeah, like, that was a funny moment here. And then we do see he gets out, like, like IG-11 sacrifices himself. Season ends, basically like, Mando buries Queel. He ends up leaving with him. And then we see our last shot is, as he's flying away, Moff Gideon, whose ship Mando, crashes by using his jetpack that he gets from the armor to, like, fly up, throw a bomb on there, blow it up. He escapes with the Darksaber. Apparently, this is where it's been for all these years. Yeah, um, that was
0: a great moment because, obviously, this show's goal is get people to watch the show, right? And, yep. You know, get people to watch the show, they watch Disney Plus. When you introduce something like that, more than half the audience, 90% of the audience, if not more, is saying, what is that? They go to Google. They find out what it is. They find out it was in the Clone Wars. They find out it's in Rebels. They find out it's in a bunch of comics and this and that. And they go, I guess I'm going to start watching that stuff. Yep. And I can't tell you the amount of people that said that to me during Season 1, during Season 2, still, when it comes to other things. Like, I'm going to get into those shows. Like, that's a great idea to get into those shows They hear how good the finale was in Clone Wars, stuff like that, how good some of the Rebels episodes are. And I think that worked like a charm. I, I, do you think without these Disney Plus shows, there are many people who have the the need to go back and watch Clone Wars for the first time? I don't. No,
1: because if people say, oh, it's a kid's show.
0: Yeah, and it serves no other... Like, there were no other shows. It was just the seven, or I guess at this point, there's, I don't know, 11 movies, whatever it is. And the Clone, the clone Wars and Rebels, what's the point? Yeah. You're not gaining anything. Yeah, you watch a nice story. I mean, I think it's great. I think anyone should watch the Clone Wars, but and Rebels, for that matter, but when there's more to come, it's like, oh, there's an Ahsoka show coming out. Ahsoka was in Rebels. Ahsoka was in Clone Wars. If I watch those, I'll understand the show more. So it gives people more
1: more of a reason to go back and rewatch that stuff. Plus, if you're Ahsoka fans, it feels like it's self-season five of Rebels, because almost all the Rebels characters can be in it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So it feels like if you don't watch those shows, you're missing out, and people don't want to be missing out on these types of shows because... I don't know is there anything more fun than watching a show and knowing the lore behind it and understanding everything like when you watch these these star wars shows it's like we know what they're doing like when we were in that prison on endor i said to you guys i think they're building the death star yep and they were and that makes it more fun if i didn't know what they're building it's because they're building something i don't know what it is and i go what's that at the end huh they're building some sort of space station
1: it's not as fun yeah, it's definitely not as fun. I also do think, in terms of the Rebels character, i point out here: four of the main six are confirmed to be in the show. One is dead. I'm not going to spoil who it is for if you have not watched Rebels yet. And one, I think, is going to be very hard for them to create on the show. So I'm going to be not sure if he does not appear. You're talking about the big guy, the big guy, the wrecker
0: yeah. of the Rebels world. Yes, well, a little different personality, but basically the, the wrecker of the Rebels world. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have. I've said all the I'm it. sure they could do it. Like I don't think it'd be hard to recreate. They they've done yeah I think animals so or I mean, sp- you know, aliens before. I'm sure they can, but uh, I, I, I just I, don't know how.
1: I think it's for me, it's a matter of like a they don't have the right actor for it, and b they haven't figured out like the story purpose to bring it in. Because we've talked we talked about that character a lot on Rebels. I feel like he was sort of bringing it down when he was the main focus. You, you know
0: what? I actually have some Star Wars news that I never said. Should I throw it in now? You can throw it in now. Uh, the actor you can correct me. you can fill me in on the name here. The actor who plays Thrawn. Lars...
1: Uh, Mad, I think it's a Lars Mickelson.
0: Lars Mickelson said he is
1: not playing Thrawn. That is interesting, because we heard before that like he had said, there were rumors that he was going to come back as Thrawn. And uh, here's all I'm going to say.
0: Liam Neeson assured us he wasn't playing Qui-Gon Jinn again.
1: Yeah. That's all. Palpatine also assures he was not going to be in like, some, like an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah,
0: Palpatine said I would not be in Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's that's outrageous to think that. So I would be shocked if it wasn't him playing drum.
1: Yeah, it, it might, feel like somebody got an oopsie after I think I think Rosario Dawson accidentally leaked that Hayden Christian is going to be in the show. And she got basically yeah. told, no, no, you can't do that yet.
0: Yeah, possibly. But that, that's a that's little piece of news I wanted to throw in there. But that was the end of the season with that shot of the Darksaber, So you know there's more to come. When you see something like that, you're like, oh, they're definitely making another season here. Yeah. And, uh, of course, they did.
1: Yeah. Ironically, I was looking up some of the production stuff for season two, which we're covering next week here. It's like, apparently, they finished shooting it, I think, like, days before the pandemic started. They were shooting in October 19th, and finished in March of 2022. March of 2020, you mean? March 2020, yes. So yeah. October 19, March 2020, they faced like days before. The- yeah, it's great
0: that they did because we were able to get that show in the fall of 2020. When, and if you remember that time, there was not really a lot happening in terms of new stuff. Yeah, it was. A lot of stuff was reruns. A lot of, you know, nothing was being filmed. That Any any kind of TV show that you watch, most TV shows, you know, that are like those shows that start in the fall and end in May, they they, they didn't start until like November using
1: most of those. Yeah, a lot of those didn't start until November. They were messed up, so it was nice that they were able to do that. Is that they did all they did all the post remotely, including uh, Ludwig Gorrent score was all done remotely.
0: Very nice. If you remember, yeah, like uh, Clone Wars was during the pandemic, early pandemic, actually the season, the last season. So
1: yep, it was it was just nice to get some Star Wars stuff during that that time. Yeah, Let's also talk a couple of things here in terms of the supporting characters we learned during the season. Who was the most interesting to you? Um, does Grogu count? Oh, let's, I'd say Mando and Grogu were off the board.
0: All right, well, I, I, I gotta go with um, our friend, then
1: our friend Quill. Yeah, Quill was Quill's a phenomenal character.
0: Yeah, I uh, he, he's a noble guy, he helps out. He was, I don't know, I'll be honest, why did he help? Because he's a nice guy. That's it. There's
1: no he didn't have like any incentive. Yeah, the sequence he has with Mando the after the the second episode is also great, where Mando like is thanking him for his help because like he's like first Mando's whining like oh like we can't build the ship like the ship repairs it could take like weeks even with a proper uh, like uh, service station and Quill's like it could take a lot longer if you actually want to help. And then he helps him rebuild the ship, and Mando offers to hire him. He says I could pay you handsomely. He's like you know what no thank you. He's like I would I like I've worked too hard to you know, be under somebody else's thumb for a while. And Mando says, I'll just give you my thanks. And he says, I hope you have a good, I hope this this uh, child gives you a great reward. And it ends up being a reward you did not expect.
0: That's, that's a very good point.
1: Yeah, Quill's sort of our, fa- our father figure of the show here. I think also another offer out here is uh, seeing Grief Cargo work in the season is also interesting because, like, he's basically a, like, like, bounty hunter boss through this thing. And then he sort of, like, wants Mando to do the right thing and, like, sends up, like, regretting it, then ends, having, ends up having the uh, the face turn at the end of the season, where he ends up becoming a good guy. That was a fun like arc to see him go around. When he's very slimy at the start.
0: Yeah, it was good to have a nice big actor in there, too. Yep. Carl Weathers. Used to seeing him in, in the Rocky movies. That's so
1: nice to see. Yeah, and unfortunately, considering what happened to Gina Corral's situation, Cara Dune's character was fun.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, forget the actress for a second. The character is a great idea. You have a you have like a, a a retired rebel soldier essentially. Yep. But just fantastic, and that's exactly what you would want in this kind of show in this post post galactic civil war era. You want to hear more about the end of the war. We just know Endor happened. New Republic came a few years later. I mean, you, as you read the books and the comics. You know what happened: the Battle of Jakku and. The, the treaty that ended the war, but like it's just nice to get that perspective from somebody on the show and have them say it to you in front of you instead of having to read it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also want to here Moff Gideon, we talked about him earlier, his entrance to the show is great, and Werner Herzog is the client. I think is very intimidating. I think he's very fun. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I, I think Giancarlo Esposito is fantastic,
0: but uh, so is uh, Werner, what, how do you pronounce his last name? Werner Herzog. Herzog, he is fantastic as well.
1: Yeah, as well. I think in terms of other characters, I want to mention here, I think the the pirate crew, Bill, Bill Burr is Mayfeld is fun. I did enjoy that too.
0: Yeah, he, he's somebody that, you know, I'm a fan of his comedy. I've watched his his, his uh, clips before. I, I've never seen him. I'd love to see him, but when I, I never thought he would be good at this, when I saw him, he was in, I'm like, this guy, the, the comedian, like, what? He did a great job. Very impressed. He's got a great
1: episode next season too. Yes, he does. All right, let's get to some fun stuff here, some cameos throughout the season here, and I have teased this to Nick off the air. There is a cameo in Episode 5 that I caught. I went to the Wikipedia and confirmed it was there, and it is a, a set-up cameo, so do you want to take a wild guess who this might be? I have no clue. Do tell me. All right. This character who we are going to see in Season 2 actually debuts in Season 1. It's the Frog Lady. Oh, I did see it. Yeah, she's, she's... No, maybe I didn't. I don't know. I think I did see that, actually. Yeah, this is... She's... Episode 5, when he goes into the uh, cantina to go look for work, she's just... We get a quick shot of her, like, hanging out with one of her friends, and season 2, she's back.
0: I, I maybe... I I remember thinking, like, huh, that's a frog lady, and then just thinking nothing of it and, and forgetting, but- Maybe I'm making this up. I, I think I remember that. I, that's that's a great catch, though.
1: I, I caught it. was like thirties. It's like a very quick shot. They set you set it up, and like you see her sitting. You're like, oh, is that Frog Husband? They're like, oh wait, no, it's Frog Lady.
0: Yeah, that's 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 crazy. That's that's definitely the uh, best episode of season two, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's top notch.
0: Yeah, and then our and our own Pete Considori was on the
1: just Done the Suffering podcast to recap that one. Yeah, all those recaps are also in our podcast feed, by the way, in the archive. So
0: if you go back, you can find them. They they are there. They
1: are a little bit different in the format, but they are this, they are still there. Yeah, I mean every one of those Nick and Peter and a couple of them. There's a couple other people who've been on this podcast before who are in those recaps as well. So
0: yeah, we had started here um, on the finale. On the finale, we 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 came together and did something there, and then we went forward, but. I was on chapter fourteen. I guess Pete was on chapter ten. Is it? Yep, chapter ten. I was on fourteen. We were both on sixteen. We took off from there. We were doing monthly at the time, and then we switched to a weekly format by the end of that year.
1: Yep. So the Frog Lady is the cameo I was teasing, and like that, she's she's a big part of that epi- She's a si- secret part of the that episode. That's a good setup here. In terms of other cameos, not counting the the live action, I'll get to her, what I've been tracking throughout this year. Uh, the, director, some the directors of the rest of the series here, the dude cast of the pilots in episode six of the X-Wings are Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa is one of them, and Deborah Chow is the the third one.
0: That I knew.
1: Yeah. They're there. Also, a fun one here is that the officer in the New Republic prison who they're talking to is actually played by Matt Lanter as the voice of Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars.
0: I knew that back then and forgot that now. So thank you for the reminder.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned earlier Jason Degas, and Pally, and the two Stormtroopers talk, like, just sh- shooting the shit in episode 8. That's the other fun cameo. That's great. Yeah, and Taika Waititi himself is the voice of IG-11.
0: Yes, and he also directed the finale.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for those of you like unfamiliar with his work, he's the guy behind Thor Ragnarok, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. He's, he, play, he voices Korg in, in those movies as well. He, uh, I feel like he didn't really put his touch on these movies. I mean, these on this episode. Do you agree? I think the beginning is his, is his touch. Like the scene with the stormtroopers is is very Taika Waititi.
0: True. I'm thinking more of like colors for some reason. For some reason, I think when I think of like the the, the trash planet, that, what's it called, Stakar?
1: Yeah.
0: That Thor was on. I think of Thor: Love and Thunder. How it was like a lot of colors and stuff like that. But then again, you just can't do that in Star Wars. It won't
1: work. Not with Navarro where he established where he is. Yeah. Right. Right. All right, here's some trackers I started here. We're going to sort of bring these into season three with us as we go. I want to keep track of things here. So, Nick, I wanted to keep track of how often this is the way it's said because this is the signature phrase of the show. It was said 13 times in season one.
0: That um, sounds right. It yeah. sounds like a perfect amount. I would have guessed probably between 10 and 15, so that's perfect.
1: Yeah. It was said eight times in episode three with debuts, including like there's one sequence and they first say it, they say it six times in a row, basically. <laughs> yeah it said uh one step so four one so six and three times the finale
0: that's great this is the way
1: that's just the way uh another one i'm cracking here mando's jobs and i i'm i'm counting more on this i'm counting this not as like a trade that the prop like the, propos- like the grief carter proposition i'm counting it as a i am hiring you to do this and you are getting paid credits for this job that's the way i'm looking at the job this
0: sounds like uh sid
1: missions yes he has he had five jobs in season one delivering the Mithral in the premiere, receiving Grogu, defending the village, helping Toro Calacan find Fennec and the prison break. So five jobs for Mando. That sounds right. All right. Another fun one here. We're going to do the planets. It says a track we always do here. Five planets so far. Uh, Pagadon, Navarro, Arvala Seven, Sorgan, and Tatooine. Another fun one? Yeah, got to throw Tatooine in there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Tatooine starts season two also.
0: The reason I loved Episode 5 so much was because we go to Tatooine and that was the first time we had ever seen, up to that point, a planet that was in another movie. If you remember, all the planets in Episode 7 and Episode 8 were new planets. Star Wars, that is, like the movies. And then we got this where it's like, finally, a planet that we've seen before. Like, what does it look like after the Empire? Yeah. And we got to see like those Stormtrooper heads hanging. And to me, that was so cool. We had never seen that. Now we see it all the time. We get re- revisit re- revisit tons of planets at different points in history all the time.
1: But back then that was new. It was new. Another one I'm keeping track of here for the memes. How many times Grogu eats on the show? You know, frog soup and what was the last thing he had? Uh Keel feeds him when they're having the bar when they're having the campfire in episode seven. Ah. Uh, yeah, so he grew eats three times. And he's already off to a fast start in season two- season two when I'm keeping track of that yeah i know he's a he's a big eater he's a big eater and the live action cameos here it is not named on the screen but i will point it out on here we did get one because we have learned from book of boba Fett that that was Boafett's fett's feet at the end of episode five
0: that's right yeah we were pretty sure of it from mando season two but it's definitely confirmed in book of boba fett that is him although i always hated that that was him because the noise he's making when he's walking implies that he has his armor, and we learn that he doesn't have his armor at that time, and it doesn't make any sense.
1: It it doesn't, and I think they, ch- they made it the store decision later on, because you see him in the Season 2 premiere, like, he does not have his armor, but he does have the gaffy stick from the uh, from place top of the sand people.
0: Yeah, and he's walking, like, with the boots at yep. that time. Yep. So it doesn't really make add up, but Okay. We got Boba Fett back in live action. That's
1: okay. All right, so let's have some fun here. We'll do, as you do here, MVPs and LVP. So who is your MVP of season one? Give me a, a couple guys you like here.
0: I'll do three. I'll do Mando, I'll do Grogu, and I'll do Quill.
1: Yeah, those are very good picks. Quill was obviously my number one pick on the board, actually, believe it or not. I feel like he's a great contender here. I'll say Mando as well, and I'm going to give Cara doing one. I feel like she's a very uh, important presence in the season as well. Are, are you not giving one to Grogu? I mean, Grogu's cute, but I mean, like, he's not the driver of the story. You don't think so? I do not think so. I think he's sort of like the object of the story. He's the MacGuffin. Fair. Yeah. I think season two, he starts to try they, they he's it, They're actually taking season two to start driving the story a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. LVP of season one. You have one in mind. <laughs> you know who it is. Go ahead. Tell him I for, Yep. I know you're not a big fan of that character. You're
0: an awful, right? awful character, and I think this is like the only issue with with the Mando verse right now. And I've been on record saying that I don't think the Mando verse is a real thing. But if it is, I think she's the biggest problem with it.
1: Yeah, in terms of my LVPS, I'm gonna throw two out here. Season long grief, Carter. because it takes him way too long to sort of like realize that like he's in business with bad people, and sort of it takes him like being saved by a baby to realize he should like change his act to save his planet. And the other one will be Terrell Calican because that character is a whiny bitch. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, you watch the episode again. Watch how he acts. It's like acts like basically like the kid who like who, like the guy whose dad like got in the job and now he's trying to justify that he deserves the position. Yeah. All right. So, episode grades we will discuss here real quick. Here, uh, give me a quick rundown of like your, your episode grades we we just jot it out in order? Yeah, sure. We'll go. Chapter 1 here, I gave it. I gave a 9. Same. Chapter 2, I gave a 6. Also, I gave it a 9. Chapter 3, I gave a 9. I gave it a 10. Okay. Chapter 4, I gave a 7. I gave it a 9. Chapter 5, I gave a 6. I gave it a 10. Chapter 6, I gave a 9. gave it an 8. Chapter 7, I gave an 8. gave it a 9. And Chapter 8, I gave a 10. 10. All right, so I feel like we're pretty sympathetic. My lowest on the
0: board, which we had talked about this off the air. You said how much you loved episode six, and I said to you, it's funny you say that because it's actually my least favorite. And then you're like, but it's so good, essentially. And I go to you, I go, basically, I go, here's the thing, though. It's still amazing for me. So my lowest graded, I know it was hard to keep up because I was kind of like thrown out there pretty quickly. Eight was my lowest grade, yeah. and that was when I gave episode six and eight. Everything else was a nine or a ten. Yeah, I gave two sixes. So, two sixes out of one seven. So, yeah, for me... Episode 6 was the worst, but it was still an incredible episode, and I gave it an 8.
1: It was better than almost every episode of Book of Boa Yeah. Yeah. And that's for sure here. So I think I will point out, I'm, two episode, I'm a couple episodes into Season uh, 2 already. There is a grade lower than 6 on the board already. You don't say. <laughs> you think You think Pete knows what it is? I think Pete knows what it is here. So yeah. that's the episode grades here. And in terms of Season 1 storylines, what do you think it might carry over to Season 3 from what we saw so far?
0: Well, I don't know if this necessarily counts, but the armor is going to be huge in season three. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And other than
1: that, I feel like we're going to get some of the events also that Machiai reference, like the Night of a Thousand Tears or something like that, like some of the events, stuff about Mandalorian history. I feel like we're going to get some of those in flashback. Yeah.
0: From. And I think you have to get, just because of what you've established and, and, and your little universe here, you have to get Boba and Fennec, right? At some point in season three. You would think. So, I mean, he came to help them. You gotta think they're gonna return the favor a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess you can say they
1: did return the favor initially when they helped with Grogu, but they actually failed because Grogu got away, right? I mean, this is a story basically about returning a Mandalore. See a bunch of Mandalorians. It'd be a miss if Boba is not involved somehow. Yeah,
0: Boba does, you know, specify, I am Mandalorian. He does say that, and he shows the armor in Season 2. So, uh, I think you'll see them.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like at this point, I mean... A little spoiler book of Boa I mean, like, we could have to leave the Cyberpunk kids in charge of the palace for a minute, or Black K, and let him go, let him and Fenix have some fun. Do you think we're done with Luke Skywalker entirely? I think it's going to be hard to justify bringing him into the story again.
0: I agree too, but at the same time, it's like doesn't it seem like a huge slap in the face that we spent all this time finding the Jedi and then we did and it's over already?
1: I don't know. We could discuss it. There might be opportunities for the yeah. Jedi to help with some other, some other things. Yeah. Right, that's that's it for now. Next week we're gonna continue. we gonna look at season two again. We're not gonna do full episode recasts. Those are all in this feed in the bottom, not in the original format, but they're there. We do big broad strokes on the season again. I think this is a fun idea.
0: Definitely right. look at you know broad things. And uh, I'm assuming after that we're gonna be
1: doing uh, Boba Fett. Half of Boba Fett. We're only doing what Mando shows up on.
0: Oh, well, I guess the last three episodes only.
1: Yeah, the best part of Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. All right, that's all for this week, this Mando Monday. And we'll be back on Thursday in our usual slot for episode six of The Bad Batch. Here, as Nick predicted, is going to be a carbon copy of this episode four of season one of Mandalorian. That's my guess. Let's see. We'll see what happens here. And Nick, thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. People want to follow you on the Instagram here on the Sky Guys Podcast. How can they do that?
0: Uh, they can type in at Sky Guys Podcast in their
1: Instagram search bar and it should come up. Cool. You can do the same on Twitter, at Sky Guys Podcast on Twitter. You're going follow me on Twitter, mphilips 331 That's m p h i l 331 This is going to be a dozen separate podcasts. We're going to recap the conference championship games. We're going to start getting ready for the Super Bowl. We've got a lot of stuff going on there. And we'll cover the Australian Open, too. That's wrapped up here. And I'll also plug Pete. You can follow Pete on Twitter, at pjconstory29. He will be tweeting about hockey and this stuff. So, the if you want. If a hopefully, fan,
0: he returns soon from his trip to Carbonite.
1: Yeah, well we'll we'll if we're able to thaw Pete out next week and get him ready for Mando yeah. season two but I think it's gonna be a lot of fun we will be back soon with week two of Mando Mondays here we're going to cover the, you know the good old season two of the Mandalorian from the beginning all the way to the end It'll be a lot of fun and until then may the force be with you